Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, showing you the way to becoming a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes feel like events, who understands anatomy, and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 237. So I'm recording this on April 20th, 2023. This will go live on April 24th. So you'll be listening to it then or sometime thereafter. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you easy ways that you can share anatomy in your cues. And this is one of those things that I don't know that I often talk about it. I mean, honestly, I kind of, I, I, I don't, let me, let me say it this way. Sometimes I, I, um, stay at the level of speaking to skills because I know that that's where a lot of teachers are thinking. They're thinking about, I want to save time in building my sequences. I want to share better cues. I want to um, get off my yoga mat and just walk around the room instead of practicing the whole sequence with them all the time. And these are all skills. Underlying the skills is the knowledge of movement. And the knowledge of movement is the knowledge of anatomy. Um, and we can look at it through a couple of different lenses, but for our purposes as yoga teachers, anatomy is, is the not the easiest or the simplest, but it's the most logical place to go in terms of subject matter knowledge to understand the movement in the way we need to understand it so we can share it. And of course, there are lots of different ways we can cue people. We can cue them, and I'll actually talk about this at the beginning of, of the conversation about anatomy-based cueing. I'll talk about the different types of cues. And you might not actually be speaking a lot of anatomy in your classes right now, and that's okay. It's not that you have to or you should. The, the interesting thing is whether or not you're speaking to the anatomy, it still is something that you need to understand because it's in your understanding of it that you're better able to cue in whatever framework you're using. Um, but back to my original hesitation, I mean, the reason I, I sometimes hesitate on taking a deeper dive into anatomy-based cueing is because I don't know where you're at with your knowledge of anatomy. I know where I want you to be, but I don't know where you're at. And I feel like, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I feel like sometimes yoga teachers stray away from sharing anatomy-based cues because they know they don't understand anatomy and they're not sure how to understand it. Or they tried to understand anatomy and it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't, it, it was really hard. Maybe they're 
maybe your, maybe the 200 hour teacher training that you took didn't give you a lot of anatomy information. And now you sort of have this impression that you can't learn it. Um, so there's lots of different reasons for the knowledge gap. And because it is such a broad subject, I sometimes hesitate to do these like little mini deep dives into it because I wonder if it's landing on you in a way where it's just sort of overwhelming you because you don't have the fundamentals down. Or if it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, even though I'm not really sure how I'll use this, it's still cool to, to hear about or to learn about. So that's why I don't typically go into this a lot. I will say though, it is my absolute passion to understand more and more and more about the body and how we as yoga teachers can share it. And so I've sort of decided over the past week or so to really just put caution to the wind and just share from what I love. And I love anatomy and I love sharing it. And so I've just decided, F it, I'm going to do it. So before I get into this episode and what I'm going to talk about, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see for the past seven days or so, I've been doing Instagram lives again. I was doing these a lot on different topics, but I stopped doing them because it was taking so long for Instagram to let people know I was online. And so it just, there was never anybody there, but I don't know, maybe something changed in my profile or something changed with the algorithm. Now, when I log on within two or three seconds, somebody will join and then another person will join. And I think Instagram is just doing a better job of letting people know, hey, somebody that you're connected to here is on live. So go to my Instagram because you're going to see a whole new library of Instagram live videos with mini teach um, workshops, mini workshops, like maybe 15 minutes long, all on different topics. I always start with a topic and that's the one I talk about and maybe like 15 minutes. So this is, you know, shorter than a workshop, but longer than just a quick Instagram reel. So you'll really get something out of it. And again, <laughs> I sort of am doing these things knowing that I don't know where you're at in your understanding of anatomy. So I really want you to get the full picture. And that's why my ultimate desire is to really hear from you, to hear where you're at in terms of understanding anatomy and to work with you one-on-one -on -one to get you where you need to be. So you can be the confident teacher that I know you can be and also understand anatomy and how to share it with your students. Because those types of classes, even when you're not literally speaking to it, those are the classes that are transformative and not just transactional. You know, transactional yoga classes are classes where the teacher just sort of repeats the same stuff over and over again, is nonstop saying inhale, exhale, is sort of just going through the motions, doesn't have a way to sort of change up what they're saying because they're reading from a script. And those are just transactions. People are going to take those classes and be like, yeah, that was great. I feel great. And then they're going to wake up the next morning and the class is going to be out of their memory. But I know you know, because I certainly have gone to classes where they're transformational, where I remember them the next day and the next day and the next day, where I tell people, go to this yoga class, go to this teacher's yoga class, where I feel like I'm learning something in the class. And that's the kind of teacher I strive to be. I strive to make my classes transformational, not just 
in the mindset way, but in the physical experience way where they're, where, where I'm sharing with students some of the mechanics of how the body works, where I'm making relationships between the pose they're doing and something posturally they could be doing when they sit at their desk or reach that upper shelf in the cabinet or get out of their car or go for a run or stretch at the gym, like making all these connections. And I promise you the way to make these connections is to do the work to understand the anatomy. And when I say the work, if you're cringing like, oh God, that's the work I don't wanna do, Know that when you work with me one-on-one with my program, the way I've mapped it out is I'm talking like 20 minutes a day for a handful of weeks. We get together maybe once a week for like a half an hour, 45 minutes to have some one-on-one momentum calls. And that's it. It's not like a long drawn out process where you know, you probably have memories of teacher training where you are online or you were in person and it was like the entire weekend for 10 weeks in a row or every other weekend for 10 months in a row, whatever it was, it was just like such a process. This is not that. This is a very targeted, uh, curated approach to working with you one-on-one. So if you're interested in doing that, especially after you hear this episode, uh, get in touch with me, send me a DM on Instagram and just use the word program. And I'll tell you more about my program. So today, as we go into this deeper dive into anatomy-based cues, we're going to first start out just talking about cues in general. So the four types of cues are action, alignment, anatomy, and feeling-based. And I'll just briefly touch on the other three before we get into the anatomy cues. So action cues are just what they sound like. You're just going to be using action words. So these are things like step your foot forward, hug your legs close, um, reach your arms up, set your gaze straight ahead, bring your feet together, center your hips. They're just super clear action words. And the great thing about this type of cue is I bet you already know what these are. It's just that maybe you haven't thought about them in this framework. So when you go into your next class, tell yourself, I'm just going to use action cues for this class. I'm just going to use action cues for this class. And I promise you, it will give you so much more energy because you won't be thinking so hard about what's the next thing you're going to say. You'll have this framework that you're now applying in your brain. And it's sort of a filter that will filter what you're saying through this new framework of organizing your thoughts. And the framework is using action cues only. The second type of cue is an alignment cue. An alignment cue speaks to the shape. So actually one of the ones I said before, center your hips, that's really an alignment cue or things like stack your shoulders over your hips or center your head over your shoulders or hips over heels. These are a little harder for people to understand because it requires a bit of a visual, 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 spatial um, recognition, but people generally get this. The action cues, they totally will get. Action cues are really easy for people to understand, and they're easy for you to provide because they don't require a lot of thinking. You're just talking to action. So 
Keep in mind, if you want to teach a really powerful class where the cues are clear, where your students are understanding what you're throwing down, you're going to use action cues. Maybe you go in with a framework where you say to yourself, I'm going to do a little bit of action, a little bit of alignment, and that's your framework for that class. I want you to appreciate here, though, what I'm giving you is a technique for cueing that will allow you a little bit of freedom in starting to change things up so you can start to decrease your dependency on that script so that you go into the studio and you have a plan of action, a strategy, an intention behind how you are queuing. This is all stuff that I teach inside my program using what I call the Momentum Magic Method. This is my unique way of looking at how to help teachers organize things better so that when they go into the studio, they can absolutely hit the, what's the word? Um, they can absolutely just crush the class, feel confident, share information in a way that people really understand with very little prep time. Because I'm sure, I don't know if you're like a lot of the teachers I talk to, I talk to some teachers and they're spending three hours of their personal time a week prepping for class. So this is all part of connect my connecting cues frameworks inside my method. So the last type of cue is the feeling-based cue. So the feeling-based cue is more of the somatic cue, speaking to the body. But it's not like you may have heard where people say things like, you should be feeling your hamstrings lengthen here, or that should feel really good on your right hip. I always sort of was annoyed by that. I never really understood why we were ever telling people what they should feel. That never felt right to me. And so I approach somatic cues from the point of view of just asking your students what they notice asking them if they notice XYZ, if from an anatomical standpoint, XYZ might be happening. But remember, your hamstrings and my hamstrings are different in terms of their flexibility, their, their tensile strength, their um, texture, a whole bunch of things. And that's and your nervous system and my nervous system are, system are different. So the way I perceive my hamstrings in my body is going to be different than how you do yours. And so as teachers, I always feel like it's better for us to just invite people to notice. And so I consider somatic cues things like saying, what do you notice about this pose? What do you notice about your right hip in this pose compared to the left? Do you notice a feeling in your um in your hamstrings that you can put a put a word to whatever you're saying you're basically inviting them to notice rather than prescribing a particular feeling so now that we've talked about three of the four now we can talk about the anatomy based cues so anatomy based cues are exactly what they sound like they speak to the anatomy they're definitely not something that you need to use throughout the class, you could use a framework of action cues with every couple of poses adding in an anatomy-based cue. So that's a sample framework you could use for that. Um, I'm gonna give you a couple of different ways that you can use an anatomy-based cue. So the first one is to focus on the muscle concentrically contracting, to focus on the muscle concentrically contracting. Now, I'll start out by saying, only use anatomy-based cues if you understand anatomy. These are not the kinds of things you want to repeat. These are not the kinds of things you want to swipe from some video you watched on YouTube and repeat in your class. You don't want to say a cue that you don't understand and couldn't explain. That's what I call um, 
the why words, understanding the why, W-H-Y, the why, the reason behind the cue. When you understand the why behind the cue, you can explain it to someone if they ask a question. You can share it confidently because you know what you're talking about. It's a completely different experience than reading from a script. So I'll preface this by saying only share anatomy-based cues if you know anatomy. So the first type of cue is speaking to the muscle concentrically contracting. So this means the muscle doing the work, doing the job, doing the job at the joint that you're focusing on in the pose. Because of course, in every yoga pose, there are a lot of muscles doing a lot of different things. So if we look at something like warrior one, we've got the back straight leg, the knee is in extension and the quadriceps does that. So you could use this type of, anatomy-based cue, speak to the quads because the quads are creating knee extension. So you could say, step your left foot forward, press your back heel on the ground, reach your arms up, squeeze your back thigh and notice what you feel. So that's more of a somatic cue. You're using your quads here to straighten the leg. That's the anatomy cue. Another thing you could say when you bring students into tree is you could say, hug the sides of the waist in. As you hug the sides of the waist in, what do you notice about the quality of the posture, the stability that you have? You're starting to engage the transversus abdominis. It wraps around the center of the body and will support the center of the body as you stand on one leg. So these are ways to speak to the muscle that's concentrically contracting. Another example is to focus on the muscle eccentrically lengthening. So this is the muscle that's lengthening in a pose. So it's on the opposite side of the joint. So one easy example here is when you take your students into a lunge, let's say crescent lunge, on the straight leg side, the hip flexors are lengthening. On the bent leg side, the hip flexors are creating hip flexion. So you could say as people are in their crescent lunge, notice that back leg. Do you feel any sense of stretch or length across the front of the hip? that's where the hip flexors are lengthening in this posture. Again, you have the freedom to say it however you want because you understand the anatomy. This is where the opportunities open up, the freedom opens up. Your authentic way of teaching becomes more apparent to your students because you're just kind of off the cuff speaking to what you know, but you're using these frameworks I'm sharing with you. So it's not just this nonstop word salad they're getting the information in a very organized way. So that's helping them uh, interpret it and put it into action faster and easier. The next way to use an anatomy-based cue is to call out the muscle as a somatic reference. So you might say something like, let's say you had your class come into a standing squat and you were speaking to the position of the hip joint. So here you are, we're, let's come into standing squat. And I want you to notice both the hips here are open. So this is known as external rotation. We're using muscles on the back of the hip to create this action. What do you feel? What do you feel on the back of your hip here? So that's the somatic cue. I kind of led them to it by telling them about the joint action. I gave them a sense of where the muscles are that create that action. And then I'm asking them what they notice. Another classic one for a somatic base cue, of course, is half pigeon. So in half pigeon on the bent leg side, the glute max is lengthening. 
because the hip's not an extension that's happening on the straight leg side. So for a lot of students, their um, glute max is a little tight. So they might feel something. It's really common for people to point to that bent leg side and point to the back of their hip and say, God, it feels like it's tight here. So that's a good place to focus on for a somatic base cue. So you could say to your students as they come into half pigeon. So on that right side, your leg is bent. As you're coming into the posture, bring your attention to the back of that right hip. See what you notice about that. On this side, we're stretching, we're lengthening the muscle uh, that is the gluteus maximus. This is the muscle that we use in a lot of the lunges. It's the powerful muscle of locomotion, like whatever you want to say. Probably where I'm going is a little bit wordy, but again, you have the freedom to do it because you know what you're talking about. You're going to find the right cadence, the right pace, the right number of words, the right volume. These are all the things that you have available to you when you use your voice. And then the last way is to speak to the agonist and the antagonist. So when we speak to agonist and antagonist, we're talking about the muscles that are on both sides of the joint. So let's say, for instance, I take my students into a straddle leg position and I say, interlace your fingers behind your back, squeeze your shoulder blades together. See what you notice as you squeeze the shoulder blades together. What do you notice about the sensation across the front of the chest compared to the back in between the shoulder blades? What do you notice about the difference there? So the reason I'm asking them this in a somatic base cue framework is because I know that as they adduct the scapula in that shape, they're using the rhomboids in the middle traps to do it. And I know that that's the agonistic action of those two muscles. As a result, the pec minor and the pec major and the subscapularis on the front of the chest, those muscles need to lengthen because they're the antagonists. They need to lengthen to allow scapular adduction. So I'm asking them that somatic type cue to get them tapped into noticing that when they work muscles in the back of the body, they stretch muscles in the front. This is also important because so many of us have overly lengthened muscles in the posterior chain because we hunch a lot. So that means the scapula are an abduction if we just look at that one part of the body. So this could be a sensation of, oh my God, I feel my back body musculature turn on and I don't typically feel that. So there's lots of ways you can play with this. You could also in the earlier example where I talked about the psoas stretching, lengthening eccentrically when your students are in a lunge on the straight leg side, right? Not the bent leg side. That's the side where the hip is in flexion. And that's an example too. I could say, hey, let's come into crescent lunge. Now notice on the straight leg side, do you feel some lengthening on the front of the hip? What about on that bent leg side, squeeze around your sitting bones because we're using glute max on that bent leg side to create that hip flexion. But we're lengthening, we're lengthening the psoas and the rectus femoris on the straight leg side. See if you notice any difference there. So this is again, the agonist and the antagonist at action, in action in a particular posture. So that's an overview. So just to kind of recap, the four types of cues, we have action, alignment, anatomy, and feeling-based, and then ways to share anatomy-based cues 
You've got your agreement with yourself that you're only going to share them if you understand the anatomy. You've got the first way, focus on the muscle concentrically contracting. The second way, focus on the muscle eccentrically lengthening. The third way, uh, speaking to the muscle in action from a somatic perspective. And then the fourth way, speaking to the agonist and the antagonist at play in a particular pose. So that is our deep dive into anatomy for today on the podcast. And I would love to know what you think. I'd love to know if this was too much or if it was just enough or if it was too little. And if you're intrigued and if you, you're you kind of making that agreement with yourself that you're not going to speak to anatomy until you learn it, but you want to learn it, you want to learn anatomy so that you can share anatomy-based cues and so you can have more confidence behind the cues you do share and answer your student questions and create special sequences for them. There's so many doors that open up for you when you understand the anatomy. So if you're interested in doing that, I want you to DM me the word anatomy on Instagram. And I'll tell you how easy it is when you use my system within my program to do it. So thank you so, so much for listening. If you've made it here to the end of the episode, I really uh, appreciate it. And I will speak with you on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And the fact that you're still here and still listening is not lost on me. So thank you so much. Couple of things. If you have any questions, please contact me. Send me what your questions are directly to my Instagram DM. You can find me there at Bare Bones Yoga. The next thing I hear so much from yoga teachers that they want to be confident. They want to feel more confident. They don't want to have that nervous feeling in their stomach when they get up to teach. They don't want to stumble over their words. They want to create sequences fast and not spend so much time writing out their sequences and practicing their sequences. And they so much want to just walk around the room rather than being tied to the mat and practicing the entire sequence with their class. If any of this hits home for you and you want to develop into a more confident, authentic teacher in the next 30 days, I want you to DM me confident teacher heard it on the podcast, and I will show you exactly how you can get there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.